Hey everyone, welcome. This is the second time that I'm doing a trip report on the channel. The first time I did one was covering my heroic dose of magic mushrooms. And that was five grams. And that was very profound. And I made a detailed video about that, which you can find on our channel and also linked in the bio below. And I'm not sure how often I'll be doing these trip reports on my psychonautic adventures. I do really like magic mushrooms, the compound of psilocybin and psilocin has been a incredible mixture of creating these neuromodulations that relax the contracted individual identity into the expansive non-dual infinitude. And that's why it's really microdose friendly as well, because it is being used also by even the elite executors around our planet and entrepreneurs to again release the grips on that default mode network neuroscientifically and enable the connectomics to be firing and wiring new novel connections across neural networks that's why there's not only the dissolving of the contracted individual egoic identity but there's also the novel creative gifts that rise up and blossom and so that's why it's being used by so many peak performers across the world that's why even the Silicon Valley elites are leveraging it. It's been used as an entheogen, meaning unleashing God within. It's very similar to psychedelic mind manifesting. And it's been used for thousands of years across the planet to commune with God, with the absolute, with infinity to pierce the veilless veil, the gateless gate, and to recognize one's own true metaphysical nature. And that's why 2,500 years ago at the top of the Temple of Apollo at Delphi and the Greeks wrote the Delphic maxim, know thyself. That's what entheogens do, is they trigger the inward journey to know thyself as the one infinite creator expressing itself. And Terence and Dennis McKenna developed out the stoned ape hypothesis, which is what I sort of started my day with around noon today. This is again being streamed on February 11th, 2021. And around noon was the intention to undergo this microdose that I had been saving for a couple weeks to explore. And the day was 
sunny enough. It was clear enough on the schedule. And it started with what revelations were coming through around the entheogen that's specifically magic mushrooms. There are many other entheogens that are used across the planet. There's ayahuasca, DMT, 5-MeO-DMT from the Bufalvarius. There's the created LSD by Albert Hoffman. There's MDMA. There's Iboga, Ibogaine, Peyote. There's many planetary entheogens that are both naturally secreted as well as created by us to trigger these entheogenic neuromodulations that dissolve the ego and that pierce that veilless veil to the God-realized state of recognizing oneself as that one infinite creator. And specifically, as Terence and Dennis pointed out, the stoned ape hypothesis is something that I had been very excited about over the last couple of years, and especially last year being introduced by one of my friends to the fusion of chromosomes 2A and 2B, and also to the development of the FOXP2 protein, which is instrumental in human language and communication. These pieces started clicking more and more together that 100,000 or more years ago that there were these evolutionary especially upwards of 5 million years ago we are doing our best to understand this evolutionary trajectory but those first moments of in a sense becoming bipedal and going up on the two feet and walking around and being more confident in being in a pack that could then defend itself from a tiger or other encroaching animals and to discover as the hypothesis indicates a possibility is that specifically magic mushrooms really enjoy the cow manure to grow in and so to take the manure of animals and then to have the magic mushrooms growing in that and to be the the chimpanzee the ape that is walking through the great plains in the out of africa hypothesis to pluck that eat it several million years ago and then to slowly incrementally recognize what the nature of reality is more and more to sort of recognize that the grunt can be altered and create meaning from the grunts. The vibration of the vocal cords can create communication, the fusing of chromosomes 2A and 2B, which chimps have, but we don't, and then the development of the FOXP2 protein. 
over that span of hundreds of thousands of years that got us to where we are at today. So it is very likely that what we are today is actually a product of magic mushrooms. And to see that as a beautiful moment in the evolutionary trajectory, the assisting of an entheogen to the awakening of the chimps to their own true nature as the one infinite creator expressing itself was so profound and it only really became that understanding of one infinite creator more and more as we could put it into stories especially and drawings and words to communicate across generations and that was so profound is that that art those cave paintings from tens of thousands of years ago and also the initial writings were able to pass along knowledge transgenerationally on how to best procure and harvest food as well as how to build shelters, how to understand what the nature of the awareness and reality are. And so this is going to be really important moving forward that we recognize the profundity of entheogens, especially because that mycelium itself is a billion years old. You have the intelligence of a billion years of evolution that works with 95% of plants across the planet that has a mycorrhizal network two-way resource exchange underground where the mycelium brings up nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium and water and gives it to trees and plants. Meanwhile, the trees especially the big mother trees will sequester additional carbon undergo photosynthesis and distribute the sugars to the mycelium that billion year intelligence of as paul stamet says the neurological network of nature and in, even in the couple last hundred million years with trees and plants that is so profound and the way that just in the last million or so years boop the chimpanzee, um, and then gets evolved up to that human level. Again, the fusion of chromosomes 2A and 2B and the development of the FOXP2 protein. Look into those. They are very important and insightful in understanding the stoned ape evolutionary trajectory. So I don't know how much I'm going to be doing these trip reports, how often I'm going to be doing them. I'm really grateful to... The Healing Hustlers, both Sky and Sunny, they are extremely dear to my heart. I adore them so much. And they have been producing some of the best magic mushrooms across the United States. And also, they have a really strong lineage as well across different... people that are also contributing to this incredible 
high quality magic mushroom and it's filling the need of people across the United States across healing and across awakening and I'm really grateful to them and I adore them so much and so their link is also here in the bio for you to check out if you would like to reach out to them send them a DM place an order yourselves again rapidly being decriminalized and even legalized worldwide as it should be because it catalyzes planetary harmony and awakening again that billion year old intelligence and so i'm not sure how often i'll do these trip reports but i do know that as i do these it makes it more common for more and more people around the world to become more and more comfortable with the sharing of their psychonautics. And that's really important for us to, especially as Sky and Sunny both came on our show and talked about, there's the there's this African-American community and there's the Latino community and the Asian community and the Indians and the Native Americans and the Middle Eastern and in Europe. And there's all of these pockets of people across the planet that kind of see entheogens as a little bit like, mm, that's just some white people shit. And it's not. The more that people especially in the positions of greatest leadership across our planet the fortune 500 ceos the un general assembly the 2200 billionaires across the planet the 225,000 ultra high net worth individuals and families that have assets of over 30 million us dollars and the 535 people in the usa congress the more these people of leadership across our planet undergo entheogenic experiences unleashing God within, what will happen is that they will no longer see the other as a separate, contracted, egoic, finite biological entity that they must greedily take more of the pie from, but rather they will see it as a planetary, harmonic, orchestral process where the other is actually the one infinite creator expressing itself through that unique expression and you are your unique expression of that as well and in doing so that's what creates a greater amount of cohesion and maximizing planetary prosperity and abundance and harmony and ecological harmony where we're not disrupting our ecological systems that actually sustain us and also where the narratives that we'll be telling for generations to come will be that as we awaken to what entheogens could do for us we leverage that and then we ignorantly criminalize them and then we awakened again to pierce the veilless veil and recognize ourselves as one infinite creator expressing itself and so it's both important to popularize trip reports because it gets more people around the world more comfortable with this process and also it is exciting because there are profound insights that came to me today 
during this microdose. And the level of intensity, obviously, much different than 5-gram heroic dose, is a single gram. In this case, it was albino penis envy, and it was ingested around 12.40 p.m. today. And that the one-fifth of the amount that was taken on the heroic dose, it's so subtle it's very, very subtle. It's much like why people go to the bar and why they order a drink at the bar. The reason why people order a drink at the bar is because of the neuromodulatory effects that alcohol creates. That's why people talk about it so much as the sort of loosening of the anxiety so that people can feel a little bit more socially free. And so it's very similar when you ingest just a microdose, just a gram of magic mushrooms is the psilocybin and the psilocin when it sort of gets its effects on the body on a microdosing level. It's so subtle that you awaken to the kingdom of God within you and the Luke 17, 21, and also Leo Tolstoy, that kingdom of God within you is basically awaiting, like the Sufi metaphysics says, that only the ignorant seek what is already there, yet it remains for you to recognize it. So do you recognize yourself as one infinite creator expressing itself? And what magic mushrooms does at that most subtle gram level is it enables the recognition as Rumi said of the diamond that is already around your neck so you no longer go from room to room looking for it but you recognize that the seer as Saint Francis of Assisi said as Ramana Maharshi said the seer is God God is the seer that's what the diamond is that's already around your neck and so it's really beautiful because Sky and Sunny give these really great notes along with the loving, carefully grown magic mushrooms. And here, this is one of Sky's favorites, and it really deeply resonates with me as well. Only a loser truly sees. And I kept this note with me in my pocket, and I kept referencing it like every you know, 15 minutes throughout the experience because it was so interesting to look at. And it's written on this really nice sort of papyrus-looking sheet, and that's really fun about it. And in the grand ultimate scale of things, to unattach yourself from the, quote, experience you are having is what is meant by absolute realization. If you recognize yourself as intelligent infinity expressing itself and this as simply a dreamed creation design, you will recognize that even the seer itself is a dream. Even the seer itself is an agent of infinity that it uses to experience these dreamed creation designs. That way you no longer attach yourself to seeing and that's why the quote says only a loser truly sees. Because if you know yourself as the absolute, then you know that even the seeing itself, let alone the clouds of experience, but even the sky of awareness that is the seer as God, even that 
is a dreamed agent of what is agent-less, which is the absolute, attribute-less. And so here's the albino penis envy. This is one of the shots of it. Again, this is only one gram of it, and this is the stem itself. And so I ripped open the stem, and what you can see here is you can see the the fibrous, earthy stalk inside of the magic mushroom where that psilocin and psilocybin is really densely concentrated that then creates all of those neuromodulative cascades and awakenings. And this is really important because we're trying to popularize the trip report to the degree at which people even feel comfortable taking the pictures of their entheogens and also making videos about their experiences and also making this more common more and more people should feel cool with knowing what magic mushrooms look like what they taste like they taste very earthy delicious very soft I love them a lot, plain. And also the approximate, you can tell in my hand that right there, that size is about a gram. And that the popularization of the trip reports to the degree at which people feel comfortable sharing what happened on their entheogenic journeys. So... Even 20 minutes in, I began feeling really light. And that's a pretty common process that occurs is that you get a very subtle, kind of like this, kind of like this shirt to an extent. You get this really subtle feeling of not being so physical and that's why when we talk about it on the show we make it clear that if you're the contracted finite egoic separate entity that that feels like it's solely physicalism it feels like it's just a biological entity and nothing else and that it has no idea about its own even awareness, let alone the shared eternal awareness among us all, let alone the absolute. It's very honed in on just the clouds of experience, sensation, perceptions, feelings, thoughts, emotions, beliefs. And so that's what's called the monkey mind in the spiritual traditions, that it's just monkey monkeying around, bouncing around between all of those clouds. And it never recognizes what the shared eternal awareness is. And so what happens in these first even 20 minutes, which is so interesting, is that the lightning that we're talking about, it draws you away from the gross 
physicalism and it drives you more towards the subtlety of your awareness and your consciousness and just even feeling your body just becoming more and more light. And it's fascinating because you begin, in a sense, feeling the parts of your body that really badly want to just go and lay down and stretch and lay in the sun. And as we talked about in our episode on fasting that we did, Herbert Shelton, Alan Goldhammer, especially the idea of heliohygienics sunbathing and air bathing and so you're literally just out laying down in the sunlight boom within right after that light feeling kicks in and so that's sort of the ambiance is just laying out on a couple cushions out on the backyard sunlight and taking these notes with these timestamps as the experience goes on. And so there was also this, as you feel light, what also happens is the, as we were saying neuroscientifically, that the release of the default mode network to enable all of these new novel neural connectomics to occur is what makes it so that what you normally thought was just freaking useless now becomes something that drops your jaw. And that's why I write here, even just 30 minutes in, that when was the last time you saw a leaf blow off of a tree? Or that wind blows a leaf and it rustles along the concrete. And we've become so numb to not experiencing awe to any of these that we don't even notice it. And it keeps us in this gross physicalism rather than in the beauty of the subtle, non-dual, infinite creative expression. And you'll notice that I do this a lot. I roll my thumb with my fingers. And it's because that, in a sense, is like what happens with water. This, in many ways, is an ocean. This is emptiness appearing as the oceanic infinitude with us as little fish inside of that oceanic infinitude. And the awareness is eternal and shared among the fish and the emptiness appearing is only going to keep appearing as more and more infinite combinations as these dreamed creation designs like this planet Earth orbiting the star. And so, in a sense, this also represents subtlety. This is subtlety. When gross physicalism is like... You can't feel your own heartbeat, let alone the subtlety of a one-mile-per-hour wind. And so, that's why immediately with that relaxation 
that happens feeling lighter, you begin noticing immediately what you hadn't been noticing before. Only when you sit quietly, and as Patanjali said, yoga, chitta vritti nirodha, that you quiet the mind enough, those fluctuations, so that you can actually feel the union with the infinite, that that's what enables you to feel that subtlety. And entheogens, like magic mushrooms, they just go, and they drop you in there as is being discovered in the synthesis of science and spirituality, what used to take meditators very long periods of time to be able to, in a sense, gain the skills to be able to drop into said states, that boom, that you can drop in with an entheogen, which is fantastic. And very awakening and very healing as well. And so here you'll notice I wrote Atlas is gone again, which is something that is really, it's just kind of like a boop, like it's gone again. Like the unit, the Atlas unit, the Atlas character, it it kind of like occasionally comes in when someone says, you know, hey, you know, they send you a message and they want you to do something. And so, you, you know, you send them a message back or on a phone call or whatever, or even in person, somebody asks you to do something, right? But when you're alone and you're undergoing this microdose, the Atlas unit is completely gone. You are just one with the ocean. You are the one infinite creator expressing itself and experiencing itself. And that's it. And so all of these layers of identity around your name, who you are, your profession, your background, all this stuff fades away. Nobody gives a shit about any of those identifiers anymore. Entheogens take you directly to the kingdom of God within you. They show you the kingdom of God around you. They show you the very fact that you are in the ocean of infinity expressing itself. And zip! All of those layers of identity just fall away like onion layers. Down to that very subtle infinitude. Non-dual infinitude. So around 1.15, I'm just sitting there bathing in the sun. And again, Herbert Shelton is very adamant about bathing in the sun, heliohygienics, go and lay out on some cushions every single day for 30 minutes and roll in naked, by the way, naked, or, you know, in some boxers or underwear or basketball shorts or whatever, if you can't naked. But the point is, take off your shirt, take off your top, take off your pants, take off your socks, take off your shoes, take off everything. And lay there in the sunlight, absorbing the sunlight and just meditating on your very infinitude. And just being subtle enough to recognize the birds chirping and to recognize the squirrel that's jumping through the the branches of the trees and to be subtle enough to feel the wind at one mile per hour that just gently blows that leaf across the concrete and to be able to see those things and to not just run past them in the crazy nine to five economic machinery 
is so important. Remember in the movie Soul by Pixar, which we did a visual film review of, that the importance of even the most simple, subtle experiences on planet Earth, like being able to see the leaf fall off of a tree and just spin its way downward, that can be awe-inspiring. The very fact of life, your 20,000 breaths per day that you inhale, that come from the photosynthesis of phytoplankton and trees, that level of interdependence, to understand that and to appreciate that and to have gratitude and love for it, that simple awe for even what we normally breeze past, that's another key thing that entheogens, that magic mushrooms will show you. And the breathing and the stretching of the body, you're laying there and you're being told, oh, this part of your back, this part of your hips, this part of your knee, this part of your neck. And so you're literally being guided by the magic mushrooms for you to properly Stretch the places in your body ah, and breathe through that stretching process so that you no longer feel tight there. I mean, that is so profound that we are so gross and physical every single day that we don't even, we just wake up and slam coffee and get behind a computer. Bruh, come on, wake up, go and lay out in the sun for 30 minutes, stretch your body, just breathe and just be and drink some hot water in the morning like has been practiced in the East for so long. Some body temperature water, drink that and then go out and sunbathe and then come back in. And then if you want, maybe you can dose a little bit less on the caffeine. Maybe you can skip some of the computer right away and you can go and jump into a book for an hour. Really sacredly guard the divinity of your time and the way that you spiritually ground yourself and connect every single morning and night distance yourself from the gross physicalism of the economic machinery that's constantly pounding and rather take a step inward towards the subtlety towards the sun towards infinitude in the morning and at night and even throughout the day take that hour break after you've been on the computer and go and lay in the sun for 10 minutes again stretch your body again Take good care of yourself and you'll literally live moment to moment healthier and happier and also longevity wise, live longer. It's very much like being and not doing. It's very beautiful just laying there and bathing in the sun, just being in infinitude rather than doing. 
there's like this task positivity that we talk about a lot in the neuroscience nomenclature where there's this constant doing that has to be done. You're always doing things. And to sort of take a step back and relax away from doing tasks is the being. And that's why so many of the greatest geniuses that have ever lived have talked very dearly about that sinking back inward towards being aware of awareness and just allowing the intuition to lightning bolt in. And then you'll profoundly be able to actually solve some of those challenges that you were focused on for hours but couldn't solve. And we have this very great quote that we've been saying for a while, thanks to Tony Robbins, the quality of your life is the quality of your questions, which is really true and really important that the more profound your questions are, the better the quality of your life is. How do I maximize my own well-being and the planet's well-being? What is the I? Is that eternal? Is that shared? What is my metaphysical truth? Quality questions. But the quality of your life is also the quality that you stop and smell the flowers. Do you know how to enjoy every single note in the symphony? Because right now, the most egoic, the most gross physical people, they are only seeking the destination. Have no interest whatsoever in every single musical note and the silence between them in the journey itself. You don't listen to a symphony just to hear the last note. The last note. No, the symphony is... And you're listening to every single note profoundly... And feels great. And so life is then about smelling the flowers. Literally, when you walk, literally look around you, block to block. Are there flowers poking out of these houses? Yes, there are. Okay, cool. Stop. Smell that red flower, that white flower. Smell the lavender. Smell the different bushes and flowers that you see around you on your walks. Stop and smell those. The more that you do that, the more you'll actually feel alive. At the very, very end of the day, Atlas is a creative anarchic expression of infinity. And so are you. All of this is a creative anarchic expression of infinity. And it's just going to continue being that way. It's been that way. It's going to continue being that way. That is what is meant by the Tao. Like Lao Tzu said, that's what's meant by Brahman in the Advaita Vedanta tradition. That the truth, that the knowledge, that that Veda is the recognition that I am the ultimate that this is the ineffable ultimate absolute expressing itself eternally. And then other funny things like seeing the little ant that at its scale is kind of like moving pretty quickly, like looks like it's running. But to me, it looks like it's just crawling to a human. It looks like, damn, that ant's moving hella slow. But at its level, at its scale... 
on the more micro level, it's Usain Bolt over there. It's so funny. And so then this realization came up. Everything is so unbelievably perfect. Everything is so indescribably perfect. Everything is so ineffably perfect. It's hilarious how blind we are to it. And yet Siv is also simultaneously out of its mind. This is what I'm talking about regarding the subtlety of infinity, the subtlety of non-duality, the subtlety of an ineffable perfection that we always are. You are the piece in the jigsaw puzzle that always fits. You are it. I am it. Tatvam Asi. I and my father are one. John 10.30. We are that eternal infinitude expressing itself anarchically, creatively. And to recognize that your nature is the peace and joy of that. Simply appearing and happening. That is all that is meant by enlightenment. Recognize your eternal shared awareness among us all. Our nature of that is peace. The nature of that is joy. And then weave that realization into the social fabric, into the dreamed creation design. And the absolute realization is to recognize that even the agent that is dreamed, the seer itself, is a dreamed agent that you can pluck like the last thorn and then recognize the agentless, attributeless, absolute, ineffable. All of this is indescribably perfect. It's all so gorgeous. And yet we are so blind to it. We're always seeking for something to be fulfilled. Something has to happen for me to be happy. Something has to happen for me to feel peace. When actually it's the exact opposite of that. That you are peace and happiness. And you bring that to the dreamed creation design. Even through all of the misery, the billion people that still don't have access to clean water, clean food, the geopolitical turmoil, all of the worry around artificial general intelligence and bio and neuro engineering and technology. Even through all of that, the planetary ecological catastrophes, we are still perfect exactly the way we are. Everything is perfect and yet we're also architecting towards well-being and prosperity and abundance at the same time. That's what's meant by true simultaneity of that non-dual perfection, while the dualistic concession of we're architecting away from suffering towards well-being and prosperity. And that's why I say Civ is also out of its mind, because the amount of noise that is plaguing our civilization is crazy. We have these great information technology vehicles that exist now, but to be able to find the signal requires a razor-like precision and intelligence and also very gatekeeping away from all of the clouds of noise like polarization propaganda, fast food, all of that kind of nonsense that doesn't serve us. And then I wrote this, that boop, before you know it, you're back in the dirt. 
like scrubbing all the way through a timeline or movie. Imagine your life timeline and then click like it's in Premiere or in Final Cut or any of the editing softwares and just click and go from the beginning all the way to the end. In just one second, you can drag back and forth and watch yourself go from a zygote to a 30 trillion cell human adult to in the grave. Boop, before you know it, you're in the dirt. Learn to respect every single note in the symphony. Around 123, this came up. A billion years from now, nobody will give a fuck about your anxiety. Think about it at that scale. Make the best of your life. At that scale, a billion years from now, in these next creation designs that Infinite will express itself as, nobody's going to give a fuck about your anxiety. Nobody even gave a fuck about somebody's anxiety from a hundred years ago, let alone a thousand years ago. Nobody gave a fuck about their anxiety today. So nobody's going to give a fuck about your anxiety in even 50 or 100 years. So stop with the anxiety, love yourself, accept yourself, quiet the mind, recognize yourself as the one infinite creator, and then weave your profound realizations into the social fabric and maximizing our planetary prosperity. Love and accept yourself. There's no reason to be anxious. There's no reason to not love yourself. You are the one infinite creator expressing itself. You are love already. Recognize that diamond necklace already around your neck. So again, simply this appearance happening. Again, very important that people like Jim Newman came on the show and ended up just very simply putting it. Simply this appearance happening. Done. Non-duality. And surrendering the primal is so important because you're always going to get the proclivity, this tendency to want to go and eat. You want to eat and shovel food into your mouth. You want to eat refined sugars. You want oils and salts and you want to, you want to focus on just, you know, having sex because those are the two greatest reward functions, the sex and food. And so you're just you know, it's just like this craving to have that. And so you have to learn how to distance yourself from those primal needs. Learn how to fast from food, but also learn how to fast from the incessant drive to have sex. Learn how to fast from the digital space, having those detoxes. Learn how to bathe in the sun and to read books. And become in service of stewardship. Butterfly effect the most consciousness to awaken. Meaning that by focusing on the stewarding of consciousness in serving the planetary prosperity to help meet the basic needs for other people to turn inward and awaken themselves to being the one infinite creator, that is the most highest moral expression that you can be 
is to be in absolute highest service morally and ethically and spiritually and architecturally to maximize prosperity. That's why Ramana Maharshi said that the greatest service that you can render humankind is to God realize. Recognize yourself as that one infinite creator. So become a steward of consciousness rather than becoming somebody that seeks the instant gratification and fails the marshmallow experiment and is always pursuing salt, oil, sugar, or sex. Delay the gratification towards the two marshmallows of stewarding consciousness. And that's why it's called a light switch. That's why when you flick the light switch on, what happens is that you gain a mostly a dark room will become light. And so that's what you're doing is you're, you're a vessel for the darkness to become light. Your mirror of the God state is so pure that it's constantly reflecting to the more dirty mirrors of existence that, hey, awaken to yourself as the God state through questions, through love, unconditional wisdom and grace that you have like a Jedi in your conversations and everything you do where other people can very easily become more and more awakened switch from that darkness to the light so 127 we're approaching that first hour in i'm getting the eternal fireworks again it's all just eternal fireworks like francis lucille said it is all eternal fireworks infinite fireworks and to recognize that every note in the symphony is fireworks that is it that's enlightenment and to weave that realization into the social fabric, that's the tantric path. That's sahaja samadhi. That's, as Buddha said, the middle way, the middle path. It's very much like bodhisattva. That you don't just go and fuck off and completely ignore the civilizational social fabric, but that you dive in with your realizations into the social fabric and maximize its potential. The profundity of the simple question, what's the rush? Ask yourself, is this for means to an end? Am I running just to finish the run? Or every single breath on my run, am I enjoying the process? Every note in that symphony. Same thing, am I at work just for the 5 p.m. clock out? Am I attending the symphony for just the last note? Enjoyment, that is the key. Simply enjoyment. Enjoyment, in plus joy plus moment. You're in joy in the moment. Joy in the moment. Joy in the moment. Joy, 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 peace, peace, peace. Awe, awe, awe. eternal fireworks all right so here's about that hour mark in the most ultimate none of this ever happened like a bubble passing through the air and then pops so when you blow a bunch of bubbles like a kid and you see the bubble this is our bubble universe bubble universe and then it goes and goes and floats a little more and then 
it hits the ground or pops in the air. And at the level of the infinite Mandelbrot fractal zoom, that there's so many of these bubble universes that are being made and just multiverses galore of all of these different combinations of underlying emptiness appearing as form and matter in these dreamed creation designs, you'll never come to the end of all of the different possibilities on a color palette or in binary code or in musical notes in a song. And so that's what all of these little multiverses are. And so this one itself is like a bubble that passes and pops and then infinity's continuing to express itself eternally. So in the most ultimate, none of this ever happened. Like a bubble passing through the air and then pops. Even the observer itself is dreamed and that's the absolute realization. Even you as the seer in that God realized state recognize yourself as being a dreamed agent of infinity. And then you're like, oh shit, even the seer is dreamed. 147 mood was coming up as a cool word because right now a lot of the social platforms don't really have a good way to be able to filter by mood. I think that's a big part of our future. When you do things like walk into the home and there's a biometric psychometric sensor that detects the state of the body. And if it's in a state that wants to relax, chill the fuck out, you'll get a little spray of lavender in the room. You'll get a little, a little musical ambiance that helps with the relaxation. You get the warm cup of tea that's already ready for you. And then you just lay the fuck back. And so similarly, the mood on social as well, if you want to get inspired, you want a specific piece of content, relax a piece of content, learn new knowledge, a piece of content. And so all feeds being tailored by these three groups. Found that to be interesting. 154 was thinking about this non-dual shirt. We're playing around with merchandise right now. And so the idea, nothing really matters on a shirt with the atomic design in the background is kind of cute because technically matter is only an appearance and at the most underlying level it's simply energy modulating and so that's fascinating so nothing really is matter and then also nothing really matters in the non-dual infinite eternal anarchic creative expression as well and it's beautiful because we get to say that you know this Atlas unit running the simulation enlightenment media channel, it's a lot of fun, you know, and it's great in the moment you can say that this is cool and this is fun and that it matters and that it's cute and that it's playful and that we're having a fun time sharing this. But in the 1 billion years from now style conversation, no, none of this mattered, none of this happened and that it's on to its next expressions of infinity eternally. And that's what's been happening. That's what's going to continue happening. That's what's meant by one infinite creator expressing itself. You can think about it like did the secretion of a plant in the middle of a forest that has no humans or 
animals or insects or even other plants around it, did that matter? That's just like you. That's a micro example of you. And again, that's not to be nihilistic. Nihilism has its own negative connotation and baggage. It's not to say that. It's more to say that recognize it at both the level of quantum mechanics that nothing really matters and also at the level of one infinite creator expressing itself that this is fun. Leela, as they say in Sanskrit, the divine play, which is beautiful. But also it doesn't matter. But it's beautiful. And it's creative and it's fun. And we are maximizing human potential while we're here. That's the difference between that and the negative baggage and connotation with nihilism. And this was coming through to look up, look up at the sky, look up at your potential, look up at our potential, look up and how beautiful it is to just be looking at the sky and to see those different modulations and cloud formations, recognizing that your thoughts are just like that and that you're the sky in which they happen the eternal shared awareness but then also seeing that there's so many birds that fly overhead that chirp there's some that come in just one at a time or two at a time or sometimes they come in like batches of 50 at a time some of them are chirping some are not some of them are within just 10 or 20 feet of your head some of them are 100 or more feet above you and so the ability to sort of be able to see those nuances and subtleties just by looking up is critical and also looking up in terms of your potential never looking down and just scrunched up and crunched up like oh i'm so worthless i'm so hopeless our civilization is so screwed none of those thoughts ever served anybody ever all of they do all those thoughts do is create cancerous pathologies for yourself and others so rather look up stand up straight and tall with your shoulders back like jordan peterson says and go and bring yourself most fully to the god actualized realized state as well as the unique expression of that infinitude outward and then next what came up was blah 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 none of this shit matters again in the very ultimate state you can think of every single word that's coming right now to you as blah, 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 blah. Because that would then change every single word that's being communicated to something that literally doesn't matter. Every single word being something that doesn't matter. And that's also the subtlety of recognizing infinity expressing itself. But also in the dualistic concession, the reason why we're using words right now to even communicate all this profundity around entheogens and around enlightenment and around non-duality and infinity is because it works for sharing the message to other people, just like I was on the receiving end several months ago where I was taking in these messages and then going like, oh shit, the diamond is already around our necks and slowly getting that more and more and achieving that God-realized state, recognizing oneself as the one infinite creator and dissolving the contracted, finite, egoic, separate biological entity energy. And that's why 
true simultaneous key in the most non-dual anarchic creative expressionary sense of the infinite none of it matters but in your current state of dreamed agent experience right now it matters for you to love yourself and accept yourself because you don't want the state of valence of suffering. You deserve the state of valence of well-being and enlightenment. And also your family and friends don't deserve the states of valence of you having anger and frustration and yelling. And that's why the Buddha taught how to eradicate the roots of suffering and misery by leveraging the breath. recognizing one's own true nature through the breath eradicating those roots so that no longer this is where a lot of the neo advaita tradition tradition has been kind of hitting heads with a lot of the more perennial mystic wisdoms which is that you can't just go from a state of being a contracted, finite, biological, separate entity to recognizing that, oh, this is all just a dream. And then saying that I've achieved the state of recognizing that this is all the absolute expressing itself. Because then what's going to happen is you're going to go back out into the world and something's going to trigger you because you've never practiced what Buddha has taught. You've never practiced what Jesus has taught, what Lao Tzu or Confucius have taught. That's why Zoroaster and all of these most biggest teachers of the absolute highest morality of the inward path that they will explicitly mention that you have to take these steps more and more like repetitions again like neo-advaita sometimes can be thought of as going to the gym and just repping at the bench one time 200 pounds and you're like huh dope and then it's like i got it Actually, no, it's for you to be able to recognize how to, like I did when I was in high school, to work my way up from just the bar to adding five pounds on each side, 10 pounds on each side, 20 pounds on each side and working my way up just like in the weight room is just like with that light bulb that flickers and then it boom, Satori stays on. And that's when you can't actually have any more anger or frustration anymore. And this is what was talked about with Jim Newman and Sam Harris on Sam Harris's recent podcast conversation with him, where you can't actually have the non-dual recognition and be angry. That's what enlightenment is. Not knowing that this is non-duality and still when somebody cuts you off in traffic being like, screw you then then there is no enlightenment there. The enlightenment is when somebody cuts you off in traffic and you literally have the pause, the breath and the pause. And then saying something like that person could potentially be in a rush. Maybe they're in a rush to get to the hospital to bring somebody there. And so it's having that level of awareness that that is also your shared consciousness that's in that car cutting you off. And so this is really important that non-duality can't be coupled with anger. The true enlightened realization that has been talked about for millennia 
is when the truest, deepest roots of suffering and misery are eradicated and the non-dual realization is realized. That's what it is. And this was really interesting, like a little bit over an hour and a half in, this came up. The non-dual cameo appearance is captured by chimps with iPhones. And I wrote, this is the most ridiculous shit I've written in my life. (laughs) Uh, And then I wrote, the non-dual secretion of chimps with iPhones. Right? Because it's kind of like the... The non-dual infinite expresses itself in this dreamed creation design as the secretion of the entheogens and the dreamed landscape and the chimps that evolve into humans and that then turn back around on the nature of their existence on the infinite and wonder, oh, we are that doing this. And they get that. That's what the God realized state is. And then it's funny because then you use these devices and then you capture the chimps in the infinite. So in this case, the chimps are the humans, right? And humans take iPhones and then they take selfies of themselves and they take pictures of other people. And so we are the infinite as chimps evolve to humans that then create the technology of iPhones to take pictures of themselves in the infinite. To know themselves through these pictures of themselves in the infinite. So it's like the infinite is taking pictures of itself. That's what I'm talking about right now. Literally, every time we take a photo of ourselves and other people, it is the infinite taking pictures of itself. And so now you can imagine all of the different infinite photos that can be taken. And that's what this is. Eternally taking iPhone photos across different dreamed landscapes with different dreamed agents. That's why a couple of years ago, it was a while ago now, maybe even five years ago, I was like 23 or something, and I was talking about how this flesh vehicle looks good on me, right? So the infinite, at that time, I didn't recognize that that's what it was, that the infinite recognizing that this vehicle of its creation looks good on itself take a little photo now the non-dual cameo appearance is captured by chimps with iPhones (laughs) that's so funny so about two hours in now I'm starting to get these realizations that a lot of people this is very related to the last point are dealing with their extended phenotypes as Richard Dawkins says is that Everything that's happening on the internet, especially with social media profiles, is like our extended phenotype. That people are posting their absolute best selves on there so that they can procure the absolute best mates and so that they can procure the absolute best businesses to give them money and friends and relationships. And so what's happening is that when we take the steps of digital detox, we disassociate ourselves from that extended phenotype. No, you don't need to reply to your messages the same day. No, you don't need to post to IG or YouTube or TikTok or any of the social platforms every single day. 
and you don't need to consume other people's content every single day. You can take time to just be and take time to reflect inward on what your true nature is and to tap into the subtleties that we've been talking about. And the disassociation from that extended phenotype is really critical in that process. So a little bit over two hours in now, we're back to the basics is what came up. Because that's the question. What is it? And as the character came up from the heroic dose as well, it's the what is reality? What is it? What is it? And that character asking the simple question, what is it? What is it? What is reality? What is reality? What is it? And to really get to that basic question, what is it? What is reality? Who am I? What is the I? Why are we here? One infinite creator expressing itself. Hey, one infinite creator expressing itself. Hoorah! And you get to these understandings and these true recognitions of intelligent infinity and you are that. So what is I? It's an expression that's turned inward and it's asking questions about its own nature. That's the awakened I is turned inward, asking questions about its own nature, recognizing its own nature. And that's what's meant by the parable of the prodigal son turning inward. Whereas the contracted, separate, finite, egoic, biological entity is running only outward and not even recognizing its own true nature and then hits all of the breaking points of greed and seeking happiness and peace externally conspicuous consumption, chasing fame and clout, chasing material possessions. So at 3.09, I'm in the backyard and I'm up and moving around a bit and we have this little kumquat tree and we have this little orange tree. And it's interesting because I go and I pick a kumquat and I'm really slow with eating it. I'm really slow with eating the orange it was interesting. I took the orange into the kitchen and I whipped out the cutting board and the knife just to make it easier to open and eat. And I was like, I could have easily just opened the orange in the backyard. And so there's this interesting sort of recognition that we've created this additional knife and cutting board situation for opening the orange that we could also open with just our hands. That was interesting. But those, the kumquat and the orange from the trees in the backyard tasted incredible. And then I went inside into the kitchen and I ate grapes from the fridge and they tasted like they were forced, yelled at by the economy to grow. It was so interesting because my uncle specifically and even my mom has been telling me for a while they're like you can taste the difference between a tomato that is organic 
and that is coming from a region where it's actually extracting really good amounts of nutrients from the soil. And you can tell also by taste a tomato that tastes like cardboard, that the economy was just yelling at it to grow faster and extracting no nutrients out of the soil. And back then, a couple years ago, I couldn't taste so much the difference, but then I grew more and more into it. And especially now, wow, you can really taste the difference. And it's really important for us to recognize that we have to become more permaculturally driven. We have to understand how to extract the absolute most nutrients out of the soil, feed the entire planet, and then rejuvenate those parts of the world. And that's going to be really important, especially here in the Central Valley in California, that produces two-thirds of the fruits and nuts for the United States and one-third of the vegetables. And in order for us to continue at that rate of production, we have to be very permaculturally intelligent. And so at 333... My friend Sky uses the number 555, which is fascinating. And I was like, maybe 333 is my number. I like the idea of just kind of like three numbers that you can write on, you know, Sky had it on a sheet of paper on that quote on the back 555, and you knew that that was him from him. So I was like, maybe 333 can be from me. And I was thinking you can bathe in the sun all day and stay clear of the economic machinery i was like mm, is that's why there are so many homeless in california one of the big reasons is because of the weather we can bathe in the sun all day and steer clear of the economy because we can just live in tents and in the cars and rvs and campers and stuff like that and this kind of follows the indigenous vibe. One should be able to just live and be without the need to earn money and live. This is very similar to the 12th film as well, which I loved having both Sophie and Olivier on the program because the recognition that these indigenous cultures from around the planet and in this case, in the film, there were 12 of them, cultures, that many of them, especially, I believe, the Botswanan tribe from Africa, made a big joke about the fact that humans in the metros have to go and sell eight hours of their day to earn sheets of paper to then go and exchange that for the roof over their head and for food. They thought that was ridiculous because the indigenous elders there, they live on the land and they harvest food from the land and there's plenty of abundance doing that. And so I was like, dude, that's freaking crazy. The difference between the metro economic machinery versus the indigenous vibe. And in many ways, there are some mental health issues and many other things that are happening with homeless, yet the recognition that many people choose to live in a way that follows more of the indigenous vibe of I will not be a slave to the economic machine. 
And then at 3.43, like three hours in, I had this tennis curb workout that I did. I took my pocket disc out and I took a tennis ball out and I started throwing it at the at the driveway curb and catching it and shuffling it throwing it repeating and staying in this flow and it kind of looks like this you basically you basically take your tennis ball and what you do is you take it on the driveway curb that angles downward and you throw the tennis ball while you're standing at the exact angle on the curb that makes it so that the tennis ball bounces off of the driveway curb and comes back into your hand. And then you shuffle to the other driveway curb and then you throw the tennis ball with your other hand at the driveway curb. And so you're just throwing the tennis ball at the angled driveway curb and catching it. And it's a really good workout. And I'll probably be sharing some more content about that soon because it's a really interesting and good workout for hand-eye coordination and for movement. And then after that, we come to the wrap because I like to take a shower after the entheogenic experiences. Obviously, I was sunbathing a lot and sweating and all this other kind of stuff and moving around. But in the shower, it was kind of beautiful just, again, just, you know, this is really the tail end of the four-hour experience. And I'm just hitting the hot water right on the top of the head and looking at the little shaving mirror that I have in there and just recognizing the sheer ineffability and perfection and beauty of that hot water that's just running on the head and just dripping all over the body and just being so grateful for all of the architects, engineers, designers, operations people, civil engineers that have come through to build the protocols that have made it so simple for us to be able to just go and turn on the hot water and have that. And just looking at myself in the pupil and laughing and recognizing myself as infinity expressing itself and playing this funny game that I guess is now being called mouth drums, where you basically, it's such a funny childlike game. And so playing around with the mouth drums was fun, doing that in the shower, and just really recognizing that we have this childlike creativity and awe with us all the time, but how many corporate adults could ever go like, and how many corporate adults could ever go like, what? a reality and if we're not going to be able to express ourselves that way we're going to create zombies in an economic machine which is what we have zombies in an economic machine and rebels that want art and ecological harmony and childlike creativity and prosperity for all 
ecological harmonics, geopolitical peace, the eradication of nuclear weapons, recognition of ourselves as one infinite creator expressing itself. Our priorities need to be in that direction rather than in the direction of what is in many ways just an extractive cogs in machines that are filling some sort of a perverse incentive need of corporations to just grow and create shareholder revenue, which then go and purchase luxury goods for those said shareholders. That's an absolute disaster. Where are the ethics? Where are the morals that then have the checks in place? That's why we created the American Antiquities Act of 1906 with Teddy Roosevelt and John Muir to have the National Park Service protect the United States' most beautiful parks so that there weren't perverse incentives that came in and just destroyed all of the forests and destroyed all of the natural resources. Same thing with the Sackler family and Purdue Pharma and the opiate epidemic is that when you don't have checks on the perverse incentives, you're going to get a bunch of people that come in and extract out money from people's maximum well-being and potential. So we have to recognize how to architect our protocols to prevent that from happening and also to maximize our fullest prosperity and recognition of the one infinite creator, childlike play. All of this. And that was the end. Four hours total elapsed time on a one gram magic mushroom microdose of the albino penis envy. And we've been making a good amount of entheogenic content across our TikTok that has been getting a good amount of views. One of the videos almost got a million views, which was so interesting. And some of the other ones have gotten several hundred thousand views, which has been cool. And we'll keep making content about entheogens across those platforms. And I'll probably keep doing these trip reports across the different entheogens. I think they're really important to mainstream and popularize people being comfortable with talking about entheogens and what they do. And also, specifically magic mushrooms is such a, like we were saying earlier, it's so subtle, especially on a microdose of a gram to be able to take that in and then have just a four hour experience for like half of a day and have a profound connection to nature and to infinity and to your own awareness and expression of that. And again, huge shout out to Sky and Sunny and the Healing Hustlers. Again, check out the link in the bio reach out to them if you'd like to place an order here in the US. And likely soon across the world because a lot of our audience is watching from the UK and Germany and Australia and even India and lots of other places. So shout out to all of the homies from across the planet. We love you very much. Thanks everybody for tuning in to the trip report like the video if it brought you value subscribe if you haven't yet would love that helps us a lot helps with the youtube algorithm as well and comment below with your thoughts would love to hear from you and if you'd like to you can join the channel as well and gain great benefits as a member and also support all of our 
actualization of our projects and share the video with other people that you feel like this would bring a profound influence on. And thank you so much. Adore you. Infinite love. And one infinite creator expressing itself. You gotta go inward first to go outward right. It's the sure cause of delight. And leverage entheogens to help assist on the inward first to go outward right. Recognize oneself as that one infinite creator. Leverage entheogens. Create more of these trip reports. Place orders for magic mushrooms, 5-MeO-DMT. Explore and play. Adore you. Thank you. And also shout out to MAPS as well, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies that's been doing incredible work. They got breakthrough therapy designation. They've been healing many people. And we've interviewed Rick Doblin, the founder and executive director on the show several times. And so we'll also put their link in the bio for you to check out and give them a support. Even at 5 or $10 is such a big contribution to them. It's so important. So... Do support them. We love you. Thank you.